0: Welcome to Banter Banter, where we have purposefully handicapped our production style so we don't have to worry about showing people how bad we are at video games. I'm one of your hosts, Manny. I'm another host, Aaron. I'm that last host, Mike. I wanted to pick up on a little bit of the conversations that we brought up last time when you and I were talking, Mike. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So where are you bringing us tonight? This is now, now.
1: Not now, later, but now, now? No, this is now.
2: This is happening right now. This is now, now. So if I fast forward, we'll get to now, later? We'll get to now, faster. Exactly.
1: Awesome. So now that we're now, now, here, at the corner of reality
2: and nostalgia.
0: Oh, shoot, that's what you were queuing up.
2: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I dropped the ball on that. <laughs> and that's a
0: strike one. Right? At this rate, I'll never make par. At least I can hope for a birdie. Hey, bada, 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 swing, bada. He Kennedy,
1: Kennedy,
2: Kennedy, Kennedy. swing, bada. You have not made enough touchdown goal units. You have not made an adequate number.
0: Before we get too far off on whatever the hell this tangent is going to, and before we lose the beginning of that thought, We were talking about how certain versions of game software are sometimes preferred because the older pre-patched ones, or maybe if it was before the internet, an earlier release of a cartridge game or a disc game, would still include certain programming flaws that could lead to shortcuts that are very popular amongst a specific community of gamers. I'm, of course, talking about speedrunning. Really? What is
1: this speedrunning? Is this, like, speed walking, where I have to keep at least one foot on the ground at all times for it to count? Or do I need, like, two hands on the controller at all times? Can I one-hand it? Like a rodeo
2: bowl? So you know how when you play a game, it takes you X amount of hours to complete the game, no matter what kind of the genre it is? Yeah,
1: I thought the challenge was to get it to 9999.
2: This is a subset of people that have decided that they are going to do that, but they're going to do it by the shortest and most efficient route possible to beat the game in its entirety as absolutely fast as they can.
1: I love this idea. It seems challenging and yet calculated.
0: And I would say that the history of speedrunning kind of stems as far back as i would say it's closely related to high score gaming which was inextricably tied to the arcade video game era
2: yes the arcade craze
0: Mm -hmm. and of course that's where you had a measure and a particular drive in some cases especially for games that weren't Directly competitive, for example, Pac Man or Donkey Kong. I feel like Super Mario might fit in there
1: because, like, you each have to take a turn, and getting the most points is probably the more entertaining
2: challenge in your set of lives. I kind of feel like Super Mario brothers might be one of the first games where the concept of speedrunning was birthed, because to Manny's point, when he was talking about the arcades, Old school arcades like Hubert and Tetris and Donkey Kong, they weren't really story-driven games. They were more games about getting high scores,
0: so that's what everyone focused on. Well, I think that's what drove the replayability, but yeah, as you were saying.
2: When you get the Super Mario Brothers from the NES, that is a progressive game where you're going through different levels to ultimately rescue Princess Toadstool from the clutches of King Koopa. Man, I'm going old school, even with names.
1: Uh, no. She's in a different castle.
2: She is. Oh, Toad. Oh, Toad. Bane of my soul. Whereas in things like Pac-Man and Galaga, you're always on the same screen. Now, the paths might change, or the directions and the frequency of enemies, and thus enemy projectiles might increase, but you're still on the same screen, whereas... With Mario Brothers, it was an actual progression where you saw, even if there were slight differences, there were differences in each level. Each world got progressively harder as you got closer and closer to Koopa's actual big castle.
1: I accept your theory, and will only throw this wrench in it because it came to my head. Dig Dug. Continue.
2: Uh, Dig Dug in what context? Did did you change screens? Changes
1: screens, changes levels, gets harder. It is roughly the same layout, but it does increase difficulty and variation
2: as it progresses. Admittedly, I've never played Dig Dug. I didn't mean to say Mario as like a standard or a rule.
0: I was going to say, to kind of hand it to both of you, the creation and publishing of games like Super Mario Brothers did create that transition between both forms of entertainment, because to this day, you can still find score attack challenges for games like that. And I would say a lot of games in the earlier generations, mostly around the NES and then starting to peter off around the Super Nintendo, still really held on to that score as an additional measure as a way of incentivizing multiple playthroughs for anyone who wanted to challenge anyone else's score.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, I remember a TV show where one of the things was like, oh, we're gonna make you pick between these random video game arcade objects. And your goal in like 60 seconds was to get the higher score compared to your competitors.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was like a live action game show, wasn't it? Where they had kids on and that was one of the challenges.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Goblins and Ghouls was always one of them, which that game looked super intense.
0: Yeah, that was an old quarter muncher.
1: Yes. Definitely makes me see the correlation between trying for high score to beat your friends, create a friendly competition, or a personal competition at the local arcade. The same with speedrunning. Like, you get to compete against people, but how do you prove that you've done it in a specific amount of time
0: well for a long time the best you could do is hope that whatever institution was gathering that information would also have standards for how to grade or i guess verify that time early on there were different publications that would track these things have people submit it as part of a contest and some of them would take pictures of their television their crt display with whatever score they have, or if it's timed, whatever time they have. But once you started getting into the speed trials, especially in games that didn't have any sort of a timer requirement, it would take something else like a VHS capture of your game session, which of course, you know, all of these things are rife for manipulation if you have the right technology and are neat enough in being able to get through it. To jump back onto Mario for the NES,
2: I know the classic way to beat that one quickly is to use the secret warp tunnels that are scattered throughout certain levels. There is the one I know of definitively is in World 1 2, where you go underground and you ride the elevated platforms. And then you jump onto the top of the level you almost seem to disappear and then you just keep running and running and running and then you find the three warp tunnels that will take you to worlds two three or four maybe
1: which in world four you jump to world eight afterwards yes which i would definitely say the game was almost unintentionally built to provide that opportunity to create a speed run
2: so here's the deal i don't know if you've ever actually tried to play all of the Super Mario Brothers from start to finish on the three lives that they give you. No, I suck at it. It is grueling, because like I said, the further you get into that game, the more tricky the platform becomes. You really got to be good at judging timing and distance, and you have to dodge enemies at that as well. I feel like the pipes were a way to get you to experience a little bit more of the game in case you had your face beaten into the dirt a few times by the level design and all that.
1: I don't know. If you can't get through World 4, you are not getting through World 8.
0: And additionally, it was designed in lieu of having to invest the money on the cartridge board technology to have a save feature. This was before they finally went full in. I know it was a really big deal that The Legend of Zelda had it. Oh, man, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Because then you didn't have to travel too far in order to, let's say, the last time you played, you made it up to World 6. You know, some people have figured
2: out some truly dope things that you could do in the Super Mario Brothers. I think there's an instance where there is, if you run full speed and jump at the right time, you could basically traverse the entire level by continuing to push your stick forward and you bounce off of the enemies.
0: Have you guys ever seen that done? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I have seen it.
2: I don't think it's every level. I'm not even sure if it was the Super Mario Brothers, but there is a Mario game. I specifically remember watching some internet video where somebody just jumped on a Koopa or a Goomba, and then they just kept pushing their stick forward. Like, they got the full momentum they could, hopped on it, held the button down so you would get more air with your jump. And every single time you think he's either going to crash or whatever, he land on another enemy and he played hopscotch all the way to the finish line. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. An argument that comes up every few years, just among certain groups, and I've been, I guess, fortunate or unfortunate enough to see them, is whether or not speedrunning is valid as a thing. And it usually comes whenever there's a large profile game that comes out. I know one of the times I saw it was whenever Breath of the Wild had come out. Uh, And people who do speedrunning as a hobby will see a title with any potential like that, and then they'll start grinding it, working at it, trying to find every intricacy, everything that goes with it. Right. Which, I guess, to add to the timeline, an original topic we kind of strayed away from was that speedrunning really came into its own, especially with the internet age, because then you had a more instantaneous way of submitting, and later, with capture technology validating your scores and ranking them against people but despite that it seems it still rubs some people the wrong way and for the example of breath of the wild and there's been other games that do this like uh, let's say skyrim one of the complaints would be how can you have any fun with a game if you're desperately trying to run through it and in some categories of speedruns, when you're actively trying to exploit flaws in the development
2: That sounds like a sort of half-baked thing a gamer
0: would say. Feel free to agree or disagree with me, but I think my comeback to it is, my dude, this is a form of entertainment, so you're doing this for fun. Unless it's a competitive online game, or a competitive game where you're having to play with other people, like, really, what right do you have to tell someone how to enjoy the game?
2: Agree, and you hit the nail on the head, honestly, and I feel the exact same way. Because we purchase games with the intention of having fun and having a good time. And if finding the exploits and the shortcuts is how you have fun playing a game, then by all means, do it. I'm not like that because I like to experience the story. Because games aren't cheap. And even if I feel like I'm moving through a game too fast, I will actually slow down. Like, I'll mentally tell myself, okay, you need to slow down. Look at the environment some more. Look at the work that these people have put into this game. That happens a lot with me when I play Elden Ring. I will get so focused on getting to the next monster to fight that I don't look at the cool glowing trees that are around me. And just this majesty of a world that they've created. So, ultimately, you have fun with games in your own way. We all do. And to say one way is right or wrong is just elitism, I think. I don't mean to be harsh, but it's the ones whose opinion feels like there's a superior opinion and that it should be followed. Right. I guess I kind of rub up against that, because as long as a person's having fun, then they have gotten their money's worth in that game.
0: And then, of course, similarly, it's one of those things where you can divide a community, like, let's say, we all, under some circumstances, all rally under the banner of gamer, but then You have this division between people who think speedrunning is valid and those who don't. And you think, okay, so speedrunners are a community. But there's infighting within that group as well. That being what seems to divide some of the community is when it involves certain glitches and whether the glitches are either large enough or specific enough that it starts to divide a community for a specific game into a camp who says, well, okay, why are we doing this with glitches? Like for example, this isn't even a glitch versus non-glitch, but back to Super Mario Brothers, there's a community or a leaderboard that will run Super Mario Brothers without any warp pipes. And then there's the ones who will run it with warp pipes and sometimes with games that have this sort of a difference, there's a bit of friction between the two groups. It just kind of goes back to what we said earlier.
1: I think they're both legitimate variations on a speedrun. To try and lump a pipe speedrun against a non-pipe speedrun in a Mario's game, it's not really effective because one can clearly get there faster because they used warp pipes. But splitting them out, that's fair.
0: By today's standard, that is sort of a strawman argument because that one was resolved pretty easily. They created two categories for it and everyone's fine with that. But there are games that have larger glitches that are actual glitches and not built-in functions like the warp pipes. Right.
1: You know, like the glitch you talked about two episodes ago, I think, where in one of the Fallout games, you had a friend who, like, used the motorcycle to basically fast-track across the map, even though that's not a function. Right. Kind of using one of those glitches to increase the distance you can cross in a game to get
0: that speed run in. Yeah. I could see contention over those kinds of situations. And then even within that, I think another couple of popular categories are 100% categories, where you'll take whatever metric, let's say Super Metroid, where you'll have somebody beat the game as fast as they can, but also getting that percentage of completion that your save file says whenever you load it up to reach 100%. So you're not done until... You've beat the game as fast as you can with that condition.
1: So you're saying there are actual glitches that will give you confirmations for the checkboxes to get that
0: 100% completion without actually doing it? I'm sorry, I had moved on from that part. Oh, okay. And then there's, well, actually, now that you are mentioning glitches in Super Metroid, that's where the other popular category comes in called Any% Percent, which is... Where you don't actually take into account the percentage that you get at the end of the credits, you just try and make it as quickly as possible.
1: Oh man, so there's like loads of different levels on the speedrun categories, like what did you do to get that speedrun? What achievements are you looking to get when completing that speedrun to be in the contenders
0: circle? for the fastest speedrun with those conditions. Yeah, and it's kind of insane. And I think the reason that it happens is you get so many people in these communities who are trying to wind up near the top of the chart. Let's say the, the top 20. It just depends how large the community is as to what level gets you that sort of recognition. But what that creates over time is... For people who don't feel that they have the room to compete in a certain category, sometimes they'll create a category, which is where we get to the concept of meme speedruns, where a lot of people will try and come up with some weird condition. A great example I saw recently was in Mario Kart 8, just like all the other Mario Karts, there's Rainbow Road. Well, there's basically just any specific track. There's categories for beating cops faster than everyone, all under time circumstances. But because this game is a racing game and because the timing feature is so integral to it, this has obviously been a franchise that's been tapped out. There's hundreds of people trying to reach that top spot on the leaderboard. So somebody came up with a category that is something you can look up in some of the speedrunning charts online. The category is called Blue Yourself. (laughs) So, I just blew myself? The point of the race is, on any possible track, it just depends on how quickly you can achieve this, but the entire point is to get a blue shell item and then make it all the way up to first place and use it because the shell will run up and strike the person in first place, in this case yourself. So the point of trying to score the shortest time was to see who could achieve that in the quickest time on a track. So is this called the
1: Arrested Mario Kart development?
0: It's just called Blue Yourself.
1: Yeah, I was just (laughs) making sure that I knew the joke that they were making.
0: Yeah, actually, it is where uh, what's-his-face painted himself blue. Yes, I did enjoy that. Uh, David
1: Cross, you're an entertainer.
2: You know, if anything, I think doing things like speedruns and all that might even breathe new life into a game that they may have already beat by the conventional sense, but still want a little bit more, and then they can say, like, oh, let's see how fast i can beat this, because like you were saying with Breath of the Wild... In a lot of other Zelda games, you kind of had to meet certain criteria to get advancement to the final stages, but in this one, you can go directly to Ganon's shrine, directly. And sure, people have beat him with three hearts and the beginner weapon, but it's not easy. I heard
1: speedrunning is too easy. They haven't challenged themselves enough. The next competitions will be doing the speedrun standing on top of your head with the game in black and white and using a completely different controller than
0: the controller for that system.
1: So, using a Genesis controller on the Nintendo. Boom. Extra challenge.
0: I mean, that one surprised me. I know a lot of people who try to just grind first place on as many things as they can. They'll look for really obscure titles. Like, do you remember the hybrid cell phone slash gaming console the nvidia engage
2: yes do tell
1: there's people that still buy this product
0: i remember about a decade ago when i was working for a used game retailer the guy i worked with says he was trying to dig one up because he had noticed that there were certain titles available for it he was doing some research into the device and he was cross-referencing the titles available on it, and there were people who had records on specific titles, but there were some games that were in franchises that he liked that hadn't had anyone register.
1: Oh, wow. I forgot that that was a game.
0: His goal was to get one of these consoles and then record a speedrun of the Tomb Raider game on the Nokia N-Gage and register that for a high score. And, of course, part of the difficulty then is That you've locked a lot of people out because it's not exactly an easy-to-get handheld.
1: Yeah, you've got a niche group of competitors because you not only have to have that phone console to play on, you have to have that game to
0: even be tossing your hat into the pile. Sure, that works. And if I remember correctly... There's also speedrunning leaderboards for the Liquid Crystal Display Tiger Electronic Handheld games.
1: Well, now that those have had a resurgence, I'm less worried about the
0: limitations people have for getting in on that leaderboard. But now what you gotta wonder is, since the reproductions, if anyone would take the time to compare how the original ran versus the re-release...
1: I can tell you right now, somebody will take the time. And
0: whether that would create a preference, much like we had talked about the revisions in the last episode, whether it's better to take the 90s release or the 20 teens to 2020 releases.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there are cutscenes, the new version could allow you to skip them, which could shave off seconds to minutes over your overall recorded time. Man, game changer.
0: And then pretty much with the advance of technology and like I was saying, being able to capture this sort of footage, it's definitely become almost a requirement with a lot of leaderboards that you submit a video of you doing it. And especially with some really highly competitive games that are having hundreds of people run at them, you have to go so far as to prove that If you're playing on original hardware, the cable for the controller you're holding does actually lead into the console, and that the video cable to that does actually lead into whatever monitor you're playing on, which, I mean, gets pretty stringent. We're talking about very consistently officiated things for something that was initially just a way to earn bragging rights amongst your friends, which I guess sort of moves on to build onto that into... A couple of categories that sort of arose for that, and that's the genre of online video content called the Let's Play, which wasn't so much bred out of that competition, but it was a byproduct of the capture technology we have for video games. And I guess, well, we'll definitely go into those more specifically at some point. We tend to get around to a lot of these topics eventually. I'm more focused on what happened. After that, which is when platforms like Twitch made it possible for people who game, especially people who are spending hours and hours just grinding a specific game to try and get a good time or the best time, could just now do it while streaming. And legitimately, this attracts a following. There are people who will just tune in and watch somebody just try out a game, fail anywhere within the first couple of minutes to most of the way through a game and then watch them start over and that's basically the content they produce you know i may not personally understand it
1: it's not a thing that sparks joy for myself but i can definitely recognize something that scratches that itch for an individual and i'm glad that there's a community out there for people to show off and make their attempts on getting a speedrun and allowing others to get that enjoyment of a speedrun without having to be the one playing the game. Like, I would never be able to do a Super Mario Bros. speedrun because that game is tough. But I could totally enjoy watching somebody do it because that's
0: got to be a fun experience. And I would say that in general about streaming... I understand that it's watching somebody play a format that is intended to be a first-person interaction with a piece of entertainment, but especially when you're talking like speedruns or just high-level play for a specific game, I think that sort of community can do one of two things. It can either get you through a game that you have no interest in, but that is popular and you're wanting to know, what can someone do with this?
2: It all goes back to the same thing I said earlier. What are you looking for in your game?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: There is no right or wrong answer.
0: And then similarly, it's with another franchise uh, I've heard the question asked. It's why would you want to watch somebody playing Minecraft? And my answer has always been, well, there's a lot of creative, talented people. And maybe you see something in one of their videos that's like, you know, that would be fun to try out. I'd like to try my hand at using all of these voxels to create something like an 18th century English townhome.
1: Maybe it's just a game that you're not allowed to play, or can't afford to purchase. I feel like I would be interested to watch people play Cyberpunk 2074, whatever the number is. Whatever. That cyberpunky game. 2077. That was a nightmarish release. It's as if Bethesda created it.
2: Huh. Nope.
0: Close, though. Yeah, CD Projekt Red.
2: CD Projekt Red. Or after that was done, CD Projekt Bled. Yeah. God, poor guys. I can't even imagine how frustrating that time constraint could have been. It was like, yeah, we have to have this done before is over, because it's based off the RPG.
0: I'm going to say, both retroactively and for the future, if I talk trash about a game development studio, And for that matter, maybe, like, anyone under another company, like, let's say, retail or whatever, when I talk trash about them, I don't mean the developers, the people actually doing the coding. It's usually the leadership.
1: You mean, like, the CEO and the execs that make atrocious decisions because they don't actually understand?
0: I am very grateful for all of the hard work and dedication that these developers put into releasing these games, even when those corporate management decisions come to not give them the time or breadth to implement all of their vision properly.
2: Absolutely. Don't punish the artists, because they were trying their best. It's the ones that are in leadership that are pushing these unattainable deadlines. If you don't take the care to flesh out and polish your product, then inevitably it's going to be released with several complications, and... It's very rare that we get games these days that are as big and granduous as those world games, where there's not some sort of list of problems going on, which, I mean, some problems is to be expected on launch day. No team is perfect, but the point is, some of it, it's like, it's glaringly, okay, they just released this and it wasn't even finished yet. So, kind
1: of pulling us back into the speedrunning and streamers and let's players... On launch days, for games where there are a lot of those glitches, where it is, in essence, called a Bethesda Broken release, do they try to use that to their advantage on those speedruns? Is that something you've seen? Do you guys catch streamers that are actually interested in speedruns? Or have you watched any Let's Play videos that were speedruns?
0: So it's sort of the Wild West at that point. Yeah, for sure. It's too early for a board to be officially created, but there is usually at least community talk about the timing people have done, and then they'll also haunt odd behaviors, and you'll see a lot of these speedrunners essentially start doing research where you'll see the Twitter accounts for them showing video clips of them reproducing a glitch. It all gets common shared amongst everyone, and slowly you eventually start getting an official leaderboard being posted on it. Okay.
1: I wonder if those, in the context of a game having the ability for a speed run to be created out of it, or inside of it somewhere, do you think that speedrunning and them sharing those things, those glitches that they are able to recreate within their community, is that something that pulling back to our conversation about the Bethesda Broken and using the gaming community to help locate glitches so the dev team can correct them. Do you think that has a huge impact with speedrunning in the moments where it's available? Or am I reaching for straws with this idea?
0: It's hard to say. It just depends how easy that glitch is to run into and how much people point it out. If it doesn't really break the game, I think that post-release publishers really only care about stuff that either hurts the competitive modes or something that's too easy to encounter and causes larger problems down the road. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Talking about down the road, we should probably try and wrap this one up and submit our time. Listeners, thanks for joining us again at this intersection of nostalgia and reality. Whether you loved us or hate us, why don't you go ahead and rate this episode? If you want to
1: rank this episode for its speedrun, I'm guessing it's third place.
0: Do either of you two have any final thoughts or maybe questions?
1: I sure do. I've got a question. I know we talked about speedrunning, the communities behind speedrunning, and meme speedruns; those unique situations that are more niche to get yourself on a leaderboard something that popped into my head and i've seen a movie or a short documentary about it the rubik's cube was this one of the earliest speed run in an analog sense because in the thing that i watched it was very unique there's a lot of depths there's Not just the standard 3x3, but there's 4x4, 7x7. I bet there's unique, strangely shaped ones where like four people have their speedrun in. So with that idea, what would you pick up right now to create your own unique speedrun leaderboard where you will always be number one?
2: That was the longest question that's ever been asked on this podcast. (laughs) You gotta build the story to get to the punchline. Golly. Mike, for the love of God, he's going for the (laughs) leaderboard. (laughs) For me, I guess my question to the audience would be, do you prefer to accomplish games or finish games the old-fashioned way, getting from point A to point B and taking in all the sights? Or do you like to also find the speedy exploits to complete the game as fast as possible?
0: Or do you like doing both? In lieu of a question, I kind of have a bit of an introspective thought. And this... (laughs) I took up all the question time. Oh, yeah, we're done.
2: I'm sorry, that's it. That's the laugh burn.
0: Take a shower, take your vaccines, goodbye. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I set you both on fire with how long that was. I pulled up my sunglasses when that
2: happened. I understand. It took a second to articulate what you we were trying to get to, and I just thought it was unlike. man, this guy's just going and going and going, Mister Energizer Bunny over here.
0: So, in lieu of a question, I'm going to provide kind of a short thought. Technically, D and live plays are sort of a branch off evolution of video game let's plays. And you know what? A surprise question. When do you think we'll start getting leaderboards for speed runs? Of D&D modules. I'm leader number
1: one. I just sped run a game in my head
0: right now. Always listeners, don't forget when you're going outside to wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't touch your face. It's probably good advice if your hands aren't clean. And take those boosters or shots if you can. And
1: as we've said,
2: please don't be on fire. Oh no, he's having a stroke. Nanny, he's having a stroke.
0: Don't be steward little of Gondor.
1: <laughs> he won't be able to make it to the edge.
0: Come chat with us about the episode on any of our social media. Look for us on Facebook at Banterbantercast. On Twitter, at banter underscore cast, you can find me, Manny, at BrogarcrE. You can find Aaron at 8-Bit Wizard. The 8 is Roman Numerical. And you can find Mike at Mike8Time, the number 8. The podcast cover art was provided to us by at bobbin underscore goblins on Twitter. Or you could find them on Facebook at bobbins, the letter N, goblins. The opening and closing theme Is titled Friends by Miracle of Sound. Give it a listen or consider buying it.
2: CSI Miami.